Hello, I'm Alec Wilkinson and this is episode 15 of Sailing Uncovered. You probably heard our interview a few weeks ago with World Sailor of the Year Marit Baumeister. Well, coming a close second to her in the voting was freestyle windsurfer and multi-world champion Sarah Keita of Fringa. She's a formidable athlete, only 26 years old, and we will talk to her in a moment. Also coming up, a 470 Olympic sailor on why he loves his boat. First though, the big east-west debates. Let me just explain how this came about. We were looking at where our US listeners were based, and you listen all over the world, I know, and all over the USA, but those of you listening on the east coast of the United States were equal in numbers uh, with those listening on the west coast. So it got us wondering which side is best, from a sailing point of view, obviously, Uh, Not interested in a debate about the culture, the food or the politics, heaven forbid, of uh, the East or the West Coast, which is best from a sailing point of view. So I was in Annapolis, Maryland on the US East Coast, which for those of you who don't know, is about a four minute drive or so, 40 minute drive or so from Washington um, on Chesapeake Bay. Now, the locals there like to boast that it's America's sailing capital, which is partly to do with the fact that it's home to the US Navy's academy. So we set this up, squaring up in the debate in the blue corner, representing Eastport's Yacht Club and the Seven Sailing Association is Jesse Falsone. And in the red California corner or rainbow coloured or whatever colour the California corner you think it should be, In that corner is three times 505 world champion Mike Holt, who is British of origin, but has lived in California for eons. So he's an adopted Californian, despite, I have to say, not the slightest loss of his British accent. Well done, Mike. So Jesse was up first. Well, I, you know, to be serious about it, uh, Annapolis uh, claims that that mantle based on um, the uh, the fact that we're a city center that uh, embraces sailing in the way it does. Uh, you know, it's sailing is the sport of choice within Annapolis, and and you know, people uh, really sail all types of boats um, throughout the entire year. So you know, we sail here uh, 12 months a year. You know, frostbiting in the winter time. Um, we break the 505s out in, in March or even February sometimes on a warm day, and uh, you know we sail them all the way through November. Um, so in terms of the, the you know quote capital um, uh, moniker that we put on our city, it has more to do with uh, the fact that we are a city centered on the sport, that we have so much sailing all throughout the year, and that culturally we really embrace the sport. In California, of course, Mike, you can sail all year round in your underpants. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. No, the water gets pretty cold, but Jesse's absolutely right. The, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, welcome we've had here has been exceptional been absolutely amazing we, we we've had a good time but you i think if, if if i'm going to pick an argument with him i would say they've got uh, quantity over quality i think they definitely have 10 maybe 100 times more people going out on boats here but i think when we go out i think uh, the nature of california racing is such that we, we we go out and we only do one thing on the west coast and that's go race so i think there's uh, there's a uh, a, a difference there of uh, actual agendas when we go sailing 
but the East Coast, surely, it's got Newport, Rhode Island, Absolutely. you know, synonymous with the America's Cup, Annap Annapolis, the U.S. Naval Base and uh, Academy. Well, I mean, it, yeah, there's a lot of great sailing spots on the East Coast. I mean, all the way from Maine down to down to Miami, or if you're going to include Key West in that. Um, you know, Key West Race Week is, uh, or used to be, one of the premier sailing events. And, you know, before hurricanes blew through it, it's uh, just a fantastic place to sail. So, I mean, you know, as diverse as uh, California is with their sailing, you know, from San Francisco to Los Angeles, the East Coast has that diversity as well. And, uh, you know, Annapolis is, an, is what it is. We have days like today where, you know, it's breezy and shifty, and we have days like we've had previously to this where, you know, uh, you know, we get a we get a front that comes and well actually stalls, uh, and we don't get any wind. Um, so yeah, you, you take the good with the bad in Annapolis. Okay, so so Mike, what would you say is the worst thing about sailing on the East Coast? I don't like shifts. Wind shifts mean you have to think. I'd much rather shoot in, hike hard, and go fast. So I have to think when I come over here, and that's tough. I'm not good at thinking. I just want to go fast. <laughs> Big waves, go fast, hit a corner, tack, win the race. Much easier. The Californian way, eh? The California way, yeah. Jesse, would you say then that you guys are the, the thinkers of, of the USA sailing uh, community well, on the East Coast? Well, I mean, it, it, listen, it, we're on the East Coast, um, and uh, it goes without saying that, that we're the smarter of the coasts, for sure. Um, and uh, I don't think Mike would, uh, we, we, would debate that too We much. should probably check the voting records over the last few years <laughs> and confirm that. Right, right. Uh, well, let's no, not get left, into let's not get not into right, right. Let's not get yeah. into politics too much. But have you sailed in California? Many times. So, what's the best part of it? Uh, aside from the freezing cold water um, and the one-sided tracks, uh, you know. Uh, listen, the, the reliability of the wind in general is very good in California. There's no question about it. Um, the uh, the waves are, you know, you have long swell. And it's really fantastic in 505s. You don't get short chop. And as Mike said, people go out there, you know, you get out in the ocean and people are racing. Um, you don't get a lot of powerboat chop like we have in Annapolis. And uh, it's a pleasure to sail out there most of the time when you don't have whales jumping on your boat. <laughs> so yeah, it's, no, so no, it's da no. dangerous wildlife. It is, yeah. We do have a, some significant uh, whaling issues in California these days. We've lost a lot of boats to whales recently. Any dangers on the East Coast? Uh, I don't know. If you swim, maybe you get stung by a jellyfish. I, I wouldn't swallow the water either. The colour of it. Well, don't. It is a luminous green at the moment. It, listen, the, the water's fine. I swallowed a lot of it today, and I'm fine. <laughs> Let's see how you are tomorrow. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm not going to lose any more hair over it. True. Yeah. Um, but you've done a lot of work to clean up uh, Chesapeake Bay, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. Listen, the Chesapeake Bay Foundation um, has been is very active, and I think. I think sailors uh, and, and boaters in general in Chesapeake, Chesapeake Bay are very conscious of the uh, ecology here. And, uh, you know, it used to be the old days when I was growing up sailing on Long Island Sound. Uh, I hate to admit it, but, you know, when you were done drinking your, your soda or beer can, you crumpled it up and threw it overboard. Those days are long over, you know, and uh, people take care of the bay here. And we like the fact that we have a, a much cleaner bay than we used to have. And we've got plentiful crabs, and which is an indicator of the health of the bay. And yes, I spent half an hour trying to get into one to eat it last night. Did, were you successful? Yeah, but there wasn't a, an awful lot of meat after all that effort. Well, it does take some expertise, and uh, you know, if you were a local Annapolitan, I think you would have had a lot more success. Yeah, but it's, did you drink along with it? I mean, if you had three or four beers, the chore becomes a lot less onerous. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it becomes quite good fun. 
you've got one more sail left in your life, do you go and sail on the East Coast or the West Coast? Mike. Santa Cruz, hands down, no question. I'm never going back to Santa Cruz. It's too cold and windy there. No, it's nothing to do it's with that. It's freezing you're, you're cold. You're too short. Well, you're too short I'm for too, the West so I'm Coast. I'm certainly too short for Santa Cruz. You, that you, is true. You That's are, true. You, you are vertically challenged for the I'm West Coast. I am vertically challenged. That is true. But listen, um, if if I had if I had one last sail to do, listen, it would be on a perfect day on the Chesapeake Bay because, although we don't get those perfect days all as often as I would like. When we have them, they are just absolutely phenomenal. When you get a southerly here for a couple days, we get swells that are pretty big, and the water's warm, not freezing ass cold. You can sail on a, I mean, at the most a shorty, and it's and it's phenomenal. The wind doesn't shift so much in a southerly as you know. It locks in, so it would be in a southerly on the Chesapeake Bay. You know, a twenty knot southerly. Can I just clarify that for someone who's never swum in the Pacific? It is colder than the Atlantic. Is that what oh, you're trying no. to say? So I think uh, if if you want uh, Fahrenheit, it's probably 56 and Celsius. What's that? 12 or 13? Yeah, wow. it's it's cold. But you dress all, all year round. All year round doesn't change. You dress appropriately. That's shit. It is. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, look, I mean, when that's, that's why it's windy. That's why it's windy true. because the ocean's cold, the land's hot, the, the breeze is all thermal. So that's why. There's no doubt about that. I mean, listen, we get a good thermal breeze occasionally in uh, May, June, July. 1977, yeah, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Well, we just have to build more highways then. We'll get more heat off the land. There you go. Right? Put some uh, ice in the water. I love the fact that we're sailing at the end of September and the water temperature is 74 degrees. It's pretty nice when it hits you, isn't it? 20 knots and sunny today in Santa Cruz. Oh, Jesus. I think the debate will continue. <laughs> All right, so I, I've never been there. I, I didn't know. And I still can't believe the Pacific gets that cold in California. But there you go. Uh, let us know what you think on Sailing Uncovered's Facebook page. What are the lakes of the US like to sail on, for example? Again, I personally have no idea. Or is where you sail, wherever it is in the world, better than anywhere in the USA. Drop us a comment on our Facebook page or on Twitter. Let's just have some fun with it. And now to a brand new feature. My Boat. Yes, we're calling it My Boat. Unless you can think of a better title, of course, let us know. When one of the world's top sailors tells us why he or she love their boat. First up this month is Austrian Olympic 470 sailor, David Barger. There's never been a day which is the same. The 470 is so challenging because you have to be really accurate, really precise. Not only how you set up the boat, how you race the boat, but also tactically and with strategic. So every day gives us a challenge and every day it motivates us to keep on sailing, to sail tomorrow and the day after. And I think at the end of the day, this is most important, that you are challenged, that you love what you do. and. Uh, with the 470, you can sail in a lot of different conditions. When you have really high waves or super flat water, when you have light wind or strong wind, you always can sail it and this is fantastic. We don't need special conditions, we just go outside on the water and sail it. Perfect. I actually just sailed Optimist alone and then switched to 420, so I'm used to sailing a double-handed class. And it's really good because one time you can share the victories, which is great. But also when you're performing not so well, 
you can also share the yeah, the pain, what you're suffering, what you have. So this is good. And with your two person, you can really motivate yourself and push more to the limit than I think, or at least for me, than with the single-handed class. There's stacks more information on the 470 on the Sailing Uncovered Facebook page. So if you're a young sailor trying to decide which class to focus on or you want to change classes, then keep listening because we'll have a different class each month. Right, to our final guest now, who I called up with in Mexico. Sara Quito Fringa was nominated for Sailor of the Year for the second time earlier this month. Although she's just 26 years old, she's already won so many world titles, nobody seems quite sure how many she's actually got, including herself, before the interview we were discussing it. And we, we decided it was probably 13 on the PWA tour, mostly in the freestyle discipline. And it got me wondering what keeps her going. Yeah, so first of all, I just really love windsurfing. And um, what happened actually is that I started out freestyling because that's what we do in Aruba. It's flat water and windy all year long. And freestyle is just the first image I had of windsurfing. Because um, the islands nearby us, Bonaire, the, the, the guys that were windsurfing, they were freestyling. So that's all I did. Uh, then eventually I won my first freestyle title when I was um, 17. And... Um, I kept on freestyling, but at some point I felt I needed a different challenge, so I moved into slalom sailing, which is the uh, most natural progression because it's also on flat water. Uh, I think I won the slalom title in 2011. I kept on doing freestyle and slalom. I took a bit of a break because I went to study in Holland. Um, finished in 2014, and that's where I decided to put in all my time and effort into windsurfing. And since freestyle and slalom were going quite well, I also decided to go get into wave sailing, which is the most difficult part, because again, Aruba is very flat, so I didn't grow up with waves. Um, so that's my goal right now, to um, progress in wave sailing. So at the moment, you know, I've won freestyle titles, slalom titles, and I finished third in waves, and hopefully one day um, a title in waves as well. But the thing is, that what just keeps me going is that I just want to keep on progressing in the sport. Okay, now your fans are going to know the answer to this next question. They're just going to have to bear with us because obviously we've got a lot of sailing fans who listen to this yeah. who um, what you do will mean nothing to them. Can you explain what you do in those three disciplines? So in freestyling, it's, um, it's my favourite discipline because I grew up doing it and what I like about it is just you can express yourself. and Basically you sail heats against other riders and you knock each other out and within six or seven minutes you have you have on port tack on starboard tack you need to bust out your best four moves and you get scored on that based on um, how difficult it is how high you went and how well you landed it so that's freestyling um, then with slalom it's a downwind race so there's a start and you have eight races on the course um, four buoys so you drive four times and the first one past the finish wins and then there's wave sailing and for I mean for people that don't really know windsurfing it's a bit difficult to imagine but basically um, you get scored in a heat on how you ride the waves just like surfing but you just have the sail with you but added to that with windsurfing you can also do jumps if it's windy enough so you get scored on the jumps you do and the how you ride the waves tell us how you got into it because you're from Aruba you know, yeah. an island off off the Venezuelan coast yeah um, is it a big windsurfing place? Um, I, I know it for, for sailing. Uh, actually, windsurfing was a really, really big destination for windsurfing back in the day. Um, we had we had a lot of uh, World Cups as well. I think until 
the early 90s, early 2000s. After that, um, windsurfing died down a little bit there. But um, just the fact that we had those World Cups there just also means that we we had we have great conditions in Aruba. It's windy all year long. The water is shallow, so it's very easy to learn. Um, I got into the sport thanks to my parents. Uh, basically, they just kicked me into any sport, and uh, I, I did so many sports as a kid, but windsurfing is the one that stuck. Yeah, it, it took a while, though, to get into it, didn't it? Yeah, because I, I was nine when I started, and um, I, back then the gear was still quite heavy, so I had some issues lifting the sail while my brother was, like, windsurfing circles around me. So I didn't enjoy it that much. Then I watched my brother compete at this event in Aruba. And like I said just now, just the whole atmosphere at the event where, you know, every, it's a competition, but everyone is having a great time, you know. This this captured me a bit and I got back into windsurfing. You mentioned the fact that you lived in, in the Netherlands for a while. Yeah. Um, were you studying there? You were in Utrecht, I think. Yeah, for, so from Aruba, once you finish high school, you either move to the States or to Holland. And Holland is the easiest with the, gov with the government and everything to get funding. So um, after high school, I actually took a, a sabbatical, windsurfed all year long, and then moved to Holland to uh, study science and innovation management um, in Utrecht. And that's just because, I mean, sports is important, but I also think it's important to develop yourself um, academically. You were windsurfing and training, presumably, in, in the Netherlands. I bet that was a bit of a shock to the system, weather-wise, temperature-wise. It was so a huge shock, yeah. Definitely if you move from Aruba to Holland. But um, what happened is I ended up being a full-time student and windsurfing much less. So I think there was three years that, that, my, that you can almost say that windsurfing was a bit on the back burner, training-wise. I was still competing and I did still win titles. But um, yeah, after my studies, I got fully, fully back into windsurfing. Do you, do you ever see yourself doing the sort of windsurfing we see in the Olympics? No. <laughs> I've Why not? I've tried it. It's just I'm really I'm content doing what I'm doing now. And the, the Olympic discipline is just a, such a complete different discipline compared to what it, it's basically like changing sports for me. Um, and I don't see why I should change doing something that I really love right now for, for an Olympic aspiration that I don't have. Okay, tell me what your aspirations are then. Just windsurfing what I'm doing right now. Like, like I said, I started in freestyling, then in slalom, and now in wave sailing. So I'm, I'm, I'm fully focused on wave sailing. And what I like about windsurfing is just that it's so diverse. There's always something new to learn. Um, so I just want to progress in the sport. I, I do it for my own pleasure. You know, the better you get, the more fun you get out of it as well. And uh, finally, you got into uh, into the sport because you went along when your brother was sailing and you just liked the vibe. Tell us a little bit about that vibe. Yeah, so this was the Aruba Highwinds and this is still the type of event that I love the most. It, it was an amateur event, but the level was really high. But it involved windsurfing, competing, and then on the beach it was, you know, almost a party, you know, always a good time. So, and this is um, the atmosphere that I love about windsurfing, then, that it... On the water, everyone pushes each other, but then back on the beach, everyone is friends as well. And this is uh, yeah, what I enjoy about windsurfing. And if you want to know more, you'll find a link to the PWA website on our Facebook page. And we've also shared some stunning action-packed Sarah Kita videos. So uh, go to that. And also, it's a chance to check out her hair. It is definitely, in my view, the coolest hair in sport. You have to check it out. And that's it for this show, uh, but you don't have to wait a month for the next episode because we'll be bringing out a special edition for the London Boat Show over the next couple of weeks. Meantime, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Facebook. From me, Alec Wilkinson, it's bye-bye.